0: This is the second article in a two-part series on the subject of abortion. It is recommended that you read or listen to Abortion Part 1 before you continue. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, Thou shalt not kill. God said, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Man said a woman should have the right to choose abortion if the baby in her womb is unwanted for any reason. Why should an unwanted and unloved child be brought into this world? Who are these right-wing fanatical Christians trying to stuff the Bible's morality down our throats? Now the record. Every commandment of God has within it an inherent blessing or curse, a blessing garnered as a result of adhering to the commandment, or a curse because of one's neglect of it. It's simply a matter of reaping what one sows. All sin and death is a product of disobedience that harkens back to our beginning, a place called paradise, the Garden of Eden, where God's words were supplanted with Satan's. Abortion is simply a fruit of that root. It sneaked up on mankind gradually, laying down one associated disobedience after another, and the devastation is enormous. In a quick review, abortion part one establishes without question that life begins at conception. A brief section of part one follows. The abortion debate should come to a screeching halt by answering one question. When does life begin? In the debate over embryonic stem cell research, Dr. Kelly Hollowell, who has a Ph.D. in molecular and cellular pharmacology, made this telling statement. As the nation sits embroiled over the battle of where to draw the line on E.C.S.R., embryonic stem cell research, the real issue that truly divides us is whether embryonic stems represent a who or a what? In other words, are we talking about people or property? In this abortion debate, when are we talking about people and not property? We should first define life. Noah Webster's primary definition of life in his 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language reads, in a general sense, that state of animals and plants, or or in which its natural functions and motions are performed, or in which its organs are capable of performing their functions, End of quote. John C. Wilkie, M.D., and his wife, Barbara H. Wilkie, R.N., longtime champions of the pro-life movement, have authored much research on the issue of abortion, with one of them being their 417-page tome titled Abortion, Questions and Answers, which was just updated in 2003. Concerning the definition of life, Wilkie responds, What simple measure would you use to define human life? We would ask, Is this being alive? Yes, he has the characteristics of life, that is, he can reproduce his own cells and develop them into a specific pattern of maturity and function, or more simply, he is not dead. Is this being human? Yes, this is a unique being, distinguishable totally from any other living organism, completely human in all of his or her characteristics, including the 46 human chromosomes and can develop only into a fully mature human is this being complete? Yes. Nothing new will be added from the time of the union of sperm and egg until the death of the old man or woman. The only changes are growth and development of what is already there at the beginning. All he needs is time to develop and mature." End of quote. Note Webster's definition again. In a general sense, that state of animals and plants or of an organized being in which its natural functions and motions are performed or in which its organs are capable of performing their functions, end of quote. Again, Dr. Wilkie, biologic human life is defined by examining the scientific facts of human development. This is a field where there is no controversy, no disagreement. There are only one set of facts. Only one embryology book is studied in medical school. The more scientific knowledge of fetal development that has been learned, the more science has confirmed that the biological leaking begins at the completion of the union of his father's sperm and his mother's ovum, a process called conception, fertilization, or fecundation. This is so because this being from fertilization is alive, human, sexed, complete, and growing. Comment. The above is not a religious faith belief. The above is not a philosophical theory. The above is not debatable, not questioned. It is a universally accepted scientific fact. End of quote. Natural science, biology, and medicine have all concluded that a person is a living organism from conception. The debate is settled. Life begins at conception. Therefore, Exodus twenty, verse thirteen: "Thou shalt not kill." We address the argument launched from Genesis two seven concerning the breath of life, as well as Exodus twenty one twenty two and the loss of the fruit of the womb, and in this instance, an obvious case of manslaughter. We address the arguments used by abortion defenders, such as the health of the mother, rape, fetal deformity, and overpopulation. The conclusion is that life begins at conception, and to end the unborn's life is to destroy the life of a unique and singular person. The evil sowing of abortion is producing a bumper crop of devastation and death. It is impossible... To disobey the word of God without suffering the curse of that disobedience. This is just another proof that God is and that he authored the scriptures. The following is a very short list of the curse of disobedience. In this nation, the number one cause of death is not heart disease, cancer, etc., it is abortion. According to 1997 statistics from Alan Guttmacher Institute, 1,328,006 unborn children lives were terminated. This number was more than heart disease and cancer deaths combined. Since abortion was legalized, over 40 million Americans were killed in the United States. That number is big enough to swallow up the entire population of over 24 states combined. It is the single-handed cause of the feared Social Security fiasco preparing to decimate America's retirement funds. The workforce that would have supported America's retiring seniors has been put to death. The tremendous immigration problems America is experiencing are the fruits of abortion. Our entry-level jobs need to be filled, but much of our entry-level workforce has been terminated, creating a huge need for immigration, legal and illegal. Consider the enormous cost of functioning with a non-English-speaking population. Consider all the potential leaders in the fields of engineering, science, and medicine that are gone. Consider all the creative, inventive minds that have been ended. Consider the potential researchers who may have discovered cures for cancer, heart disease, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, etc., 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 but never had the chance to fulfill their destinies because their young lives were violated and destroyed in their own mother's wombs. And consider, too, that the laws of our land say it's okay. Consider the phenomenal cost to our national economy, all the diapers and baby garments never made, the food never eaten, the haircuts, the school books, the college educations, the family vans, the first cars, the auto insurance, the homes never built, and the taxes not paid, etc., etc., all lost, all dead. The price of this disobedience is incalculable, yet the calculator continues to tally. The following is taken from abortion questions and answers. A well-designed national record-based study from Finland has shown previously unreported light on pregnancy-related deaths. This study followed all 15- to 49-year-old female deaths for the years 1989-94 to and identified any pregnancy-related events in the 12 months before death women who aborted were 3.5 times more likely to die than they who carried to term. Post-aborted women committed suicide seven times more often than those who carried to term. Those who aborted died in accidents four times oftener than those who carried to term. The risk of dying from homicide for post-aborted women was seven times higher than women in the general population and 13 times higher than those who delivered." End of quote. Abortion Questions and Answers cited a study by D. Reardon and P. Nye that was published in the American Journal of Drug and Alcohol Abuse that claims substance abuse is 500% higher among post abortive women. In an article titled Demographic Consequences of the Legalization of Abortion in Eastern Europe, published in the International Journal, GYN and OB, it is noted that after one legal abortion, The chance of the next child being born prematurely rises 14%. After two abortions, the figure rises to 18%. After three, it rises to 24%. A study by the New York State Department of Health of over 40,000 women, half of whom had had an abortion, and the other half who had had a live birth, exposes some serious problems as a result of abortion. 1. Spontaneous fetal deaths are 1.65 times more likely. In all subsequent pregnancies among women who have aborted in the past, two children born to a woman who, in the past, has had an abortion are 1.5 times more likely to be low birth weight babies. Three premature births are 1.8 times more likely if the mother has experienced abortion in the past. Four mothers who have aborted in the past are three times more likely to suffer labor complica- complications. Excuse me. Number five. A newborn death is 1.4 times more likely among the previously abortion-active mothers. Many scientific studies suggest a substantial increase in breast cancer among women who have had an abortion. Again, uh, research cited in abortion questions and answers. Dr. M.C. Pike at the University of Southern California in 1981 published the first serious scientific study, that demonstrated a direct association of induced abortion with later breast cancer. He studied 163 women who developed breast cancer before age 33 and compared with 272 controls. He showed that if a woman had aborted her first pregnancy, her chances for developing breast cancer was increased by a factor of 2.4 times. Certainly one of the definitive studies was by R.H. Howe. Her study was done in upstate New York using official statistics from the New York State Health Department. This was an excellent study by epidemiological standards and was not subject to any kind of recall memory bias from people asked in questionnaires. It used only hard data. She investigated all the women in this area who developed breast cancer under age 40 and checked to see whether or not they had had abortions. The conclusion was that women who had aborted their first pregnancy had a 1.7 times increased risk of breast cancer. Those who had gone on to abort their second or third pregnancy had a four times higher risk. In 1991, H. Olson studied the aggressiveness of and the propensity to metastasize of diagnosed breast cancer. His study showed that if she had aborted her first pregnancy and later developed breast cancer, her cancer was more aggressive and more quickly lethal than cancers among women who had carried their first pregnancy to term. A marker gene associated with breast cancer, 1NT2, was shown to be 18 times higher among those who had aborted than among normal women. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of the sin of abortion is death upon death but the gift of God is forgiveness and salvation. If you have had or have participated in an abortion, you have committed a great evil. You must repent to God and turn from this iniquity. If not, you will face the fruits of your sowing all the days of your life and stand before God at the great white throne judgment to give an account for your deeds. Today is the day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus on this website. Allow the blood of Jesus Christ to wash away your sins and guilt. God's word is true and righteous altogether carnal minds rail against it but it remains true and righteous altogether god said exodus chapter 20 verse 13 thou shalt not kill god said galatians 6 7 be not deceived god is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap man said a woman should have the right to choose abortion if the baby in her womb is unwanted for any reason why should an unwanted and unloved child be brought into this world? Who are these right-wing fanatical Christians trying to stuff the Bible's morality down our throats? Now you have the record.